This morning we return to our journey through the Gospel of Mark. We find ourselves in the 13th chapter where Jesus began to teach some of his disciples about future events. We start off today with Mark 13, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to work our way through the text. Here's how it starts. As he was leaving the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on the other. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Let's just pause for a moment of prayer. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for your word. And God, as we come to this passage today, it is a difficult passage to understand. And so, God, we pray for some level of understanding. God, again, speak to our hearts. Uh, Speak to our lives today. It's in your Son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Jesus has just spent the day teaching in the temple. As he and his disciples leave the the temple, one of the disciples said, Teacher, look at the massive stones in the walls of the temple. And look at all the magnificent buildings. The temple must have been an impressive building. According to the Jewish historian Josephus, it was covered on the outside with gold plates. And where there wasn't gold, there was pure white marble like stone. And some of the, the, the limestone blocks of the temple were massive. 50 feet wide, 25 feet high, and 15 feet wide. Most modern construction cranes couldn't lift them. I'm sure that the disciples thought that the temple was so great and massive that it would stand forever. But Jesus told them that all the buildings in the temple complex would one day be completely demolished. Not one stone here would be left on top of another. Every one will be thrown down. The disciples had to be troubled by these words. So as soon as they made their way up the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple... Four of his disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, take Jesus aside and ask him privately, tell us, tell us, Jesus, when these things will happen. And, and what will be the sign that they're about to be fulfilled? These disciples wanted to know when the temple would be destroyed. And what sign would show them that these things were about to happen? You know, there's something in all of us that would like to know the future, especially when it comes to spiritual events like the second coming of Christ. We all know that the Bible teaches us about His return, but when will it happen? And and what signs will show us that it's about to happen? Christians today have all kinds of ideas about signs and future events, And there are all kinds of different interpretations 
about the end times. I mean, that's what makes this passage of Scripture here in Mark 13 so difficult to understand. I see it through one lens, and another sees it through another lens. And as a result, we may miss out on the lessons that Jesus has for us here as he talks about the future. And that's where I want to put the emphasis today and again next Sunday on Jesus' lessons about the future as he answers the disciples' questions. And there are three lessons in this morning's scripture. Lesson number one, don't be deceived by false signs. Jesus taught this lesson in Mark 13, verses 5 through 8. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceive you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things will happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. Jesus told his disciples and us to watch out that no one deceive us, that no one deceive us with false signs. For there will be false Christ who will come in his name claiming to be the Messiah and they will be able to deceive many. And sure enough, false Christ have come and gone since the first century. As a matter of fact, even in this last century, certain men like Jim Jones, Sun Moon, Sun Moon Moon, and David Koresh have risen to prominence by claiming that they were God or at least his right hand man. But don't let these false Christ deceive you and don't let wars and rumors of wars alarm you. We live in a world where there is much conflict, where nations go to war against other nations, and where kingdoms fight against other kingdoms. But these are not indicating that the end is coming immediately, and so don't panic about them. Such wars will take place repeatedly between now and the return of Christ. Plus, natural disasters will also take place repeatedly. That there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famine. Our nightly news seems full of stories of one natural disaster after another. An earthquake in Haiti, typhoons and flooding in China, a, a hurricane along the Gulf Course, a tornado across the state of Kentucky, a wildfire in Colorado, a virus spreads around the world. But these natural disasters like wars and rumors of wars are not spiritual signs. According to Jesus, they are only the beginning of birth pains with more to come. Over the years, there have been many pregnant women go to the hospital with labor pains thinking it was time only to be told to go back home it was only false labor pains. And these are only false signs. 
The truth is we live in a fallen world where there is and will always be tribulation. Jesus made that clear in John 16, 33. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so we have no reason to be alarmed by wars and rumors of war. No reason to panic about natural disasters because the Lord is with us and amidst these troubles, He will see us through. That's Jesus' first lesson about the future. Don't be deceived by false signs. And maybe I could add, don't be disturbed by life's troubles. That brings us to lesson two. Be on guard and stay true to Jesus and his gospel. We find this lesson in Mark 13, verses 9 through 13. You must be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local consuls and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death. A a, a father, his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Jesus told us to be on our guard. Like a soldier on night watch, we are to keep watch and be ready to respond when there is a threat. Because there's going to be a threat. See, we as disciples of Jesus are on a mission. A mission to spread the gospel message around the world. Right in the middle of these verses, it says that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, must be first preached to all nations before the end of the age. God obviously wants as many saved as possible. Remember what the Apostle Peter wrote in in 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is passionate about getting out the saving message of Jesus, and we need to be passionate about getting out that saving message. However, we need to recognize that we have an enemy who opposes us in getting out that message. That is why Jesus warns us here that we can expect persecution from other religions and governments when we preach the gospel. He says that the disciples would be handed over to the local Jewish consuls and beaten in the synagogues. And that's what we read about in the book of Acts. Many disciples are handed over to the Jewish consuls and beaten because they're preaching the gospel. He also says that they would stand before governors and kings 
because they're following Jesus and sharing his message. And sure enough, over the century, many disciples have stood before governors and kings because they followed Jesus and declared him. But all of that suffering, all of that suffering gave them the opportunity to tell others about Jesus. And he told them that they're not supposed to worry about what they're going to say when they're arrested and stood trial. They were just to say what the Holy Spirit led them to say, as we are to do. You know, we in America may not be suffering persecution for sharing the gospel message. But more Christians today around the world are suffering for their faith than ever before. They are living out what Jesus predicted here, being persecuted by other religions like Islam and being persecuted by atheist governments. But Jesus warned that there would be more suffering for preaching his gospel. He said that we can also expect betrayal by family and hatred by others. A brother would betray a brother because of their faith. A father would betray his own child Children would be, rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. Jesus says that everyone, everyone would hate you because you're following him. People, those very things are happening in many places around the world. Where your faith in Jesus means rejection by family, hatred from the community, and even death. Now, we don't have that in America, even though I think there's an increasing resistance to Christianity and to biblical values in our culture. Maybe that's because. Maybe the reason that we don't experience persecution in the United States, maybe it's because we're not passionate enough about Jesus. Maybe it's because we're not passionate enough about living for Him. Maybe it's because we're not passionate enough to share His gospel. Or maybe it's simply because of God's grace to us here in America. Regardless, Jesus' closing promise in this section is the one who endures to the end will be saved. If persecution comes, or if trials come, or if betrayal comes, the one who endures to the end will be saved. The second lesson is really a call to faithfulness. Be on your guard and stay true to Jesus and his gospel. And then lesson three, watch out for the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecies. He taught this lesson in Mark 13, verses 14 through 23. Listen carefully as I read. When, when you see the, the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his home go down or enter the house to take anything out. 
let no one go in the field. Go back to his house and get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing, nursing mothers. Pray that this will not happen in winter. Because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning. When God created the world until now. And never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At this time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. This is the most challenging section to understand. It begins with Jesus describing the fall of Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus told his disciples that the temple and its greatness would be destroyed. And that not one stone would be left on another. And remember, the disciples wanted to know when this destruction would take place. And here Jesus is telling them when it's going to take place. He says, when you see the, the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong. Now, what in the world is this abomination that causes desolation? I mean, this comes from a prophecy in the Old Testament book of Daniel. A prophecy that described a time when the temple would be defiled and profaned by some ungodly person. This prophecy was fulfilled by Antiochus Epiphany in the time between the Old and New Testament. He desecrated the temple in a horrible way. He offered a pig on the great altar. He set up public brothels in the sacred courts. And he set up a great statue of the Greek god Zeus before the Holy of Holies. It is this kind of thing that Jesus has in mind when he says the abomination that causes desolation was going to take place in the temple sometime in the future. And it did take place when the pagan Romans, under the command of Titus, laid siege to the city of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. And there he desecrated and destroyed the temple, not leaving one stone on another. History tells us that the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple were gruesome. Some 1.1 million Jews perished by slow starvation and the sword. And the tens of thousands who sought refuge in the temple were all killed. Men, women, and children. However, it is interesting that many Christians left Jerusalem prior to the siege when they first saw the Roman armies come to the city. They believed what Jesus had predicted here, and they left the town as he told them to do. 
They left the city quickly, leaving their homes and possessions behind and fled to the mountains, which again must have been a difficult journey for pregnant women and nursing mothers, especially if it happened in winter. Jesus' prophecy had come true, and it has come true. The the temple and the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed. But it seems that he also is talking about greater days of distress that were still coming. Jesus described those days as days of unequal distress and anguish. More terrible than anything that had happened since God created the world and more terrible than anything that will ever happen. In fact, according to Jesus, if God had not shortened these terrible days, no one would survive. But for the sake of believers, he would shorten those days. This again seems to be a greater time of tribulation than the destruction of Jerusalem and its temples. And so I understand why many Christians see some coming great tribulation when God will begin to pour out His wrath on wicked mankind. You know, sometimes it's difficult to put all the pieces together when it comes to prophecy. And difficult to understand everything that's going to happen in the end times. But understand, Jesus' prophecies will be fulfilled exactly as God intended them to be fulfilled. Understand as well, as Jesus closes today's scripture, that in the last days people will tell you, look, here is the Christ or there is the Christ. And Jesus told us, don't believe it. False Christs and false prophets are going to rise up. They'll actually have the power to perform signs and wonders so as to deceive many, even possibly followers of Jesus. And so Jesus started and ended with the warning. Watch out. Be on your guard. I've told you ahead of time what's going to happen. Watch it happen and keep believing. That's the essence of this last lesson. Watch out for the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecies. That brings us then to our practical applications this morning. What, what are we going to do as, uh, as a result of, of, of this uh, troubling picture uh, of the future? Let, let me suggest uh, three things. Number one, beware of false Christ and false signs that may deceive you. It is important, people, that we know the truth of God's Word, the truth about Jesus, and the truth about Scripture. Because then we can recognize falsehood. And so we need to hold on to the truth and not be deceived by that which is false. Number two, stay true to Jesus and his gospel, living for him and sharing his gospel. People, that's where the emphasis needs to be. So sometimes it says, you know, that people, Christians, are are of no earthly good because they're so heavenly minded. 
And so the focus is not so much upon watching for prophecy to be fulfilled as much as it is upon living for Jesus and sharing his gospel message with as many people as possible. And then last of all, build a stronger faith in Jesus as you see Bible prophecies fulfilled. We have just completed the Christmas season And in the Christmas season, we talk about the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in coming to earth as a babe in Bethlehem. The prophecies that he fulfilled in the life that he lived and in the sacrifice that he made. The prophecies that he fulfilled in his resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven. And the prophecies that he continues to fulfill among us. And each of those fulfillments are kind of a stone to build our faith upon. And it is a solid, a solid foundation. Let's pray. Dear Father, again, I thank you so very much for your son and his lessons. And God, I pray that you will help us to live out these lessons in the time in which we live. Uh, This is a difficult time to be a Christian. With the evil world around us, with with a culture that that again may oppose us. And so God, work in and through us. I pray for each individual that's listening today that they'll know you as Lord and Savior And I pray for each of us that we will live knowing you as Lord and Savior of our lives, regardless of what happens in the future. And so work here among us. Work in us that you might work through us to make a difference in your son's name. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Again, as always, we want to just thank you for sharing with us on Sunday mornings. We also want to, again, if there's some way that we can minister to you, if you've got a prayer request that you'd like us to pray for, get in contact with us. You can call us on our church phone, which is 217-379-4443. Or again, there's a contact page at our, our, our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. And we'll get in contact with you. Thanks again for sharing with us. And we pray God's blessing upon you in this new year ahead. May God be with you. May he bless you. We look forward to seeing and sharing with you next Sunday.